Welcome to Gay Men Going Deeper, a podcast about personal development. Now we have some extra special news. We are launching the Gay Men Going Deeper membership community, and we are so excited about it. So before we jump into today's episode, here's some more information about the membership. When we were creating this community together, the three of us realized we share one thing in common. We all want to feel like we are not the lone wolf anymore, and that we have a group of like-minded people we can finally feel like we belong to. None of us could find this space, so we decided to create it ourselves. I remember feeling really disconnected and lonely. All I saw was the hyper-sexualized culture that lacked deeper intimacy and connection. I was craving something more. I wanted to connect with other spiritual gay men that were also interested in personal development. Once these connections started to take root, this is when my need for belonging started to feel met and my negative view of the gay community started to change. And I want it to be an example of what is possible when you combine scene queen with a spiritual warrior, representing that side of gay culture that is both campy and compassionate, sexy, yet soulful. I love personal development, but I wanted to apply it to my unique lifestyle and then create a space where things like mindfulness and spirituality could be accessible by others like me. And I wanted to create a home base for myself, a place where I could feel at home and safe with the community of amazing gay men also looking to build a similar community. So we noticed there were two types of people in the gay men's brotherhood. The type of person who really wants to make changes and the type of person who is not quite ready and may need a little more time in a less structured space. We know at times it can be frustrating for these two groups of people to be in the same space. So we decided to create the Gay Men Going Deeper membership community to cater to those of you who are ready and excited about personal development. This will be a space for those of you who want more guidance and structure as you evolve physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. We are here to show you what you are capable of when you have the right knowledge, guidance, and community to hold you accountable to showing up in your personal power each and every day. So if you're feeling stuck, or if you're struggling with low self-esteem, or if you're feeling lonely and finding it hard to connect with other people, you are not alone anymore. We are here to be your guides, to walk you along the path of self-discovery. And we're going to do that by creating space for you to connect each and every week. And we're going to teach you about things like relationships, building confidence, body positivity, and healing past wounds. And then once a month, the three of us are gonna to get together with you and other members, and we're going to connect and build that sense of community and belonging that we're all looking for. This community is gonna give you connection. It's gonna give you direction. It's gonna give you actionable coaching and steps to take, and it's gonna help you get closer to living a more fulfilling and authentic life. Some of the things that you can look forward to in the membership are masterclasses, weekly group Zoom calls, weekly coaching videos and lessons, live Q and A's, special guest presenters and coaches, a dedicated private Facebook group, and so much more. Because we can't coach all of you individually, this is the next best thing to being able to work with us one-on-one. -on -one. This is a group and a community from all over the world coming together for one common vision. For me, that's learning to love who you are and then living it out loud. And for me, that is creating a safe space where we can all show up and be our authentic selves. And for me, that is to create the community that we want to see in the world. This is the Gay Men Going Deeper membership.
So if you'd like more information and to join the waitlist, just click the link in the show notes. Okay, on to today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Gay Men Going Deeper, a podcast series by the Gay Men's Brotherhood. Your hosts today are the fabulous three, Callan, Matt, and myself, Michael. Today, we are talking about romantic relationships. What a juicy, delicious topic. So this is very front of mind for me lately. Uh, For those of you who missed it, my partner and I actually came out to the world on a Gay Men Going Deeper bonus episode a few episodes ago. So go check that out if you want the juicy details. Um, But for me today, I think what I want to talk about is, is relationships for growth, right? So I am obsessed with this concept ever since I've been in this new relationship for me because relationships, all of them, not just romantic ones, but they all have a way of triggering us and showing us our wounds. And I fully believe that they are our best teachers. So for me, as it, as it pertains to romantic relationships, I think I love being single and, you know, people who listen to this podcast know that, um, but I'm not single right now, but when I am single, it's great because I get to do what I want. Freedom is my utmost value and independence, freedom, just doing what I want on my terms, not having to ask anyone for anything, just getting my shit done and all that independence. In a relationship, however, I tend to struggle a bit with things like compromise, um, having to like make decisions with other people is very hard for me because I just, I decide like that, then I do it. I'm that kind of guy. So using relationships for growth has been a great way to teach me patience, which is not my strong suit. It's been a great way to teach me how to communicate. And when we are by ourselves, we don't really have to use the skill of communication very much. But when you are with a partner, especially someone that you love and you've lived with them, especially, they're always there and it just forces you to get better at communication. So those are just two ways that I've seen a growth in myself. The other one, of course, is all of my childhood wounds, trust, abandonment, all that stuff comes up for me. So in this relationship, it just shows me all of the areas that I thought I had done such a great job with doing the work, the inner work on. And then lo and behold, here comes this guy and shows me, nope, you're wrong. You have a lot of work to do yet. So that is, yeah, that, that, I think that's where I'm at today with, with relationships, especially the romantic kind. They offer us so many great things. I don't want to, I don't want to get sound bad. Like they're, they're not good, but I think one of the gems of relationships, if you are up for the challenge is to taking that deeper dive within yourself and asking, what can I learn about myself through this? Whether it's a, a partner or just someone you're dating, like for one date, right? Regardless of that type of connection, we always have that ability to learn. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm going to leave my my bit today. Callan, what about you? Oh, man, what to say? Well, I love what you just said, because I resonate on such a loud level. I'm perpetually this like really good at being like, I'm really, really fucking good at being single. Like, I'm great at it. And I love being single. Um, I'm an Aquarius. I don't know if anybody pays attention to astronomy, but or yeah, astrology. Um, but I like being by myself. I'm very introverted. I love my alone time. I value my alone time. Um, and I'm listening to a lot of Brene Brown books and she's very much the same. She like loves to like, just like do her research and go down like a rabbit hole and like be alone. And so I value that. And it makes me nervous about being in relationships or getting in relationships because I, 
I know that there needs to be compromise and I know that I need to give attention to somebody else and it's now a co-creation space. And I don't ever want to be in that space where it's like, I'm inadvertently hurting the other person because I'm not giving them what they also need, but that, you know, comes down to communication and stuff. But currently I'm single. Um, I'm actually in a space where I would love to like meet somebody and start a relationship. I've been in two kind of serious relationships in my life. My first one was about a year long. Um, and that was like a blindsided breakup from his part. I had no idea. Like we had like a great relationship. Like we had disagreements, but we never like argued or anything. And it just was like blindsided, like I need a break. And so I think that that definitely wounded me for future relationships that kind of built this like trust issue that I had that I've had to work through. Um, and then when I was in the Middle East in Dubai, I had another relationship about four months long, which was great. But I think it was more of a relationship of necessity. Like I was very alone over in the Middle East, like it's very hard to have relationships, especially as a gay man. So it was just very comforting to just like cuddle with somebody. It wasn't an extremely sexual relationship. Like I found him attractive, but like a lot of our relationship didn't come down to that. Like we enjoyed talking about deep conversations. And I think at the end of it, we probably should have just been really good best friends that fooled around. Um, but like it had been like 10 years since I'd been in a relationship. So I was like, let's give it a go. Um, and then that ended because he moved back to New York from uh, the Middle East and then long distance just wasn't going to happen. But now I'm in a space where I've done a lot of the work and now I'm kind of in that headspace where you are, Michael, where it's like I'm looking at it as an opportunity for growth. And I used to think like relationship was a be all end all. And I've very much migrated into a space of like, it's a space where I can grow and learn. And I may be with this person forever. I may not be with this person forever. And that's okay. Like none of us can predict the future. When people get married, people get divorced. Like it's a part of life. You don't go into it thinking like we're going to get divorced, but opening that space to be like, I'm going to just follow this because it feels good and just keep enjoying that and letting it grow and work through those difficult bits. But I'm kind of ready to bring that in. Um, it's been hard, obviously, because of the pandemic to start a relationship. It's like, I can't physically see you. And there's only so much energy you can get off of, of a person from online. I find it very difficult because you'll talk and you'll click online over texting or whatever. And then you'll go for a walk and meet in person. You're like, oh yeah, the energy's not here. And it's, it is what it is. And that's why I kind of like prefer to jump into like, cool, there's some sort of energy here. Let's go for a walk or let's just like meet in person or do like a FaceTime or a Zoom or something because at least we'll be able to gauge the energy to see if it's right. Um, but yeah, who knows where it's going to take me. I'm happy being single and I'm happy being like where I am right now like career, everything is going fantastically. And I think I used to think that I had to be perfect and be where I wanted to be before I called in a relationship. Like I wanted to have my own place and I wanted to have like finances and like everything sorted out and like to be perfect before I allowed somebody else to come into that space, just because I compartmentalize in my brain, like, you know, check mark one, two, three, four. And now I'm kind of like, I'm open to the idea of somebody being part of the mess and part of the growth because it's, we're never going to be finished. Right. So if somebody's part of that, then they get to see the real me. And I think having this idea of them coming into my life after I was situated was a way of me putting it off and like hiding those messy parts of myself, which isn't authentic. And so now 
even though it's like I'm not exactly where I would like to be, I'm not far away from it. And I'm more comfortable just inside of myself. Like, yeah, this is who I am. Shit's messy. People are, you know, fucked up. Like nothing's ever going to be perfect, but I like you, you like me, there's an energy here. And if we're both willing to learn and grow with each other, I think that that is what I'm looking for. Somebody who's like, yeah, we're going to get in fights. Shit's going to get fucked up, but we both want to continue this journey together and we both want to grow together. And I think that's probably one of my number one things I'm looking for is somebody who wants to grow on the journey, who wants to push me to grow and who wants me to push them to grow and like have this really amazing opportunity to create this journey together, um, which is a very different mindset that I used to have in the past. So that's kind of where I am with relationships. I feel like it's people are feeling it too, because I'm having like people from my past come out of the woodwork and like, I'm getting like messages from people that I'm like, oh my God, you're such a beautiful soul. But like this person was married and like, it was never gonna Like it was never going to happen. And now all of a sudden they're not married and like their life is changing. And it's just like, what, well, hold on now. Like what's going on here universe. So I'm open to it. My, my Aquarius, uh, so like a uh, sign says that I'm supposed to be meeting like one of the lo- like the love of my life in the next like six to eight months like this year 2021 is like my year so I'm we'll see stay tuned <laughs> that's awesome <clears throat> um so much juicy stuff there and before I unpack mine I actually have a question for you Callan what um you said that with that guy that you should have just been best friends that fooled around with each other. And I'm curious, what's the difference between that and dating? (laughs) Best friends that fool around with each other. What's the difference between that and being in a relationship? So for me personally, in my mind, I, I compartmentalize it differently. So if, if I'm in a relationship, it, it, by default, it just happens that like, you know, when you're in a relationship, you future trip. You're like, you know, you think of your future, like how it's going to look like, cause also he was from like the U S so it's like, am I going to have to move and start my life over again, move to the U S and like all these things that I was like, I don't want to do that. I have a great career here. I make great money and I don't want to move somewhere where I have to depend on somebody. Like, yes, he had a fantastic career. He made a lot of money and could supply a very nice lifestyle for us, but that wasn't what I wanted to base things off of. And as much as I adored him and had love for him, I don't think I was in love with him. And I think the same for him, like we really enjoyed each other's company. And so if, if I, if we hadn't pushed into that boyfriend territory, it would have been a lot like more of an easy, like, cool. Yeah. We hang out, we fool around sometimes, but we have really great conversations. We have a really great friendship. And when it came time to him moving, there wouldn't have been this like anger or animosity of like, you know, you chose this and you did this knowing that we weren't going to like, cause he knew he had already had the job before we got together. Cause it was like a long process. Cause he's a VP of the company. So it was like, it, it takes a long time for that transition to happen. Mm. And so it would have been a lot less, assumptions going on which I did to myself but because of those assumptions that come along with being in an actual relationship with like terms and agreements and like you make these like agreements with each other of like yes we're only dating each other and like these kinds of things I think it just would have been a little bit different had it been a little bit lighter and open um and I wouldn't have put all those kind of like hopes and dreams into it it would have been like yeah he's great if it goes there fantastic 
but if not, I was, I wouldn't be as devastated. Um, and so I think that that's what the difference is between the two for me, like a boyfriend is somebody who's like, I see myself potentially marrying you. I, I very much also see myself being like an Oprah, like, I don't know if I'll ever get married, but I'll have like a nice, lovely Stedman and like <laughs> all that. But that's a commitment and a choice you make together. Whereas like friends with benefits, I, I'm great at having friends with benefits because I can be emotionally invested in somebody sexually, but know that like on a romantic level, we don't function. Like we wouldn't work on a romantic level, but that doesn't mean there's not a beautiful person. They're not a beautiful soul. And that I would like to enjoy some adult time with them. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't <laughs> attach all those hangups there. So I think, I hope that adult answers. Time. Adult time. <laughs> they want to fuck. Fucking around. <laughs> Getting the D. <laughs> That's good to know because it's kind of like what I took from that, what you just said is that the expectations of commitment are different. Yeah. 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 I'm really grappling with this whole concept of friends with benefits and um, yeah, like this, just how I view relationships is completely changing. Like it's, it's crazy. Um, going through all this stuff I've been going through in the last four or five months is it's really unpacked like so much conditioning, but a lot of it has been conditioning around relational dynamics. And I'm just still so confused. I have no idea what I want. Um, and it's, it's frustrating for me because I'm not that type of person. I'm usually very certain and I lead with my conditioning and I'm like, oh yeah, this is exactly what I want. This is exactly what I need. And I'm not going to settle for anything less, but that's proven to take me to disastrous situations, relationships, people where I'm leading with this idea or this notion of like, I have to be, um, I have to receive from other exactly what I need in order to feel good, to feel safe, to feel happy, to feel whatever. And I'm putting a lot of my stuff on other, right? That's what our conditioning does to us. And um, so I'm still, you know, talking about Zodiacs, I'm a Gemini, Michael gets this, we are bipolar, we live in two worlds. And when you date a Gemini, you get two personalities, you get two people. So it's exciting. You're never bored, but you'll be confused as fuck because we're confused as fuck. <laughs> My first ex was the Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm just really like looking at, okay, like here on one side of, of things is my love fantasy. This is like the like ro hopeful romantic of like, I want to, you know, meet this guy and we're perfect together. And we just want to spend every moment together. And we, you know, whisk off into some like secluded place. And we just have this really beautiful life together. We grow vegetables, we blah, blah, blah. Okay. There's my love, my love fantasy. But then what my love fantasy does is it strips me away from my independence. It strips me away from connection with others. Um, and it puts all my eggs in one basket with one person. And that's the condition that I was fed, right? All the relationships I saw growing up were revolved around oneness. You are the, you become one with another person and you share everything with them. And while there's still parts of me that are find this quite appealing, um, there's also, I've tried to create that with four guys now, and it's led to me becoming an anxious mess in these relationships because I completely compromise something that is so, so important to me, which is my independence and my freedom. I'm very similar to you, Michael, in that way. Those are, that's a very, very important part. And what I'm starting to realize now is the more of a sense of self I develop and the more safety I find within self, the more I actually value independence and freedom over top of my love fantasy. It's, it's actually has more value now. And I think that's why this whole idea around friends with benefits and, you know, I don't think polyamory, I'm too, 
I, I just think that's too much dynamic for me, but like, um, maybe dating, you know, a few guys at one time or whatever, and just like casual, keeping it casual and, uh, whatever might be something that that would be appealing for me. Um, because I think for me, I need to take things very slow and I need to be very, very conscientious about moving slow because, um, I tend to project my love fantasy onto partners. I'm like, Oh, like this is, this is my conditioning. This is what I need. And I, I start to project it. I fall back into the old habitual patterning of relational dynamic and, um, slowing down prevents me from doing that. Right. Cause then I can just allow the person to show up at face value. And I think that's my, where I'm, where I'm, uh, I don't want to say screwing up, but where maybe I'm not being as effective as I could be as a, as a lover is I'm, I'm taking things too quickly and then it's not allowing the other person to step into their true authentic nature. And I almost start to project what I need them to be. And a lot of these guys end up showing up as that. And then like, you know, three months in, they're like, oh, wait, I don't think this is who I am. And then they change. And then I'm like left being all like anxious and frazzled because they're not who I thought they were. So I, tr I truly think that I'm, I'm actually maturing as a lover um, because I'm giving, well, wanting to give people space um, and keep it light and keep it friendly at first. And sure, maybe have, have sex if it feels right, um, but not have to make somebody my everything or not have to like put my conditioning onto them. And yeah, it's, it's, it's feeling good, but there's also, again, it's the, the confusion and like the, what do I want in this moment? What do I want in this moment? Cause sometimes I lead with my love fantasy and sometimes I lead with my independence. So it's like, fuck, like, I'm just so like tired of the hop back and forth, you know? And I'm, I know this is just part of the, the unpacking of the conditioning and eventually the conditioning just kind of just like shrivels up and you just become your authentic expression and i really th truly think that my authentic expression is a lot um a lot more rooted in matt and a lot more rooted in freedom and um and just having a lot of beautiful people in my life and not limiting it, it to one person uh, and i don't necessarily just mean ro like romantically or sexually like i like you guys like you two like i want to make sure that i always have time in my life for people like friends and family and if i when i get into relationships i sometimes start to neglect my friendships and my familial relationships and things like that and then also my relationship with myself Right. And that's when it, where I bleed into codependency and lack of boundaries. So yeah, major, major learning for me in my last relationship um, that I'm now able to do even deeper work on my conditioning and get really a lot more clear on what I want. So, yeah. I love what you said. And it brought up two things for me. <laughs> okay. um, the romantic, what would you call it? The romantic fantasy. Oh, just like, yeah, the love fantasy. The love it. fantasy, yeah. So Cinderella. the love fantasy, it, it brings me to this space of like, you know, when we're kids and we're growing up and we think our parents are perfect and like nothing's wrong with mm -hmm. them and they're like our heroes, even though they're just as fucked up as any other person in the world. <laughs> and like when we get to that, like as we get older or as like teenagers into adulthood, we start realizing, holy shit, like my parents had three kids by the time they were my age. And like, all, I, like I couldn't be doing that. And all these things where you have these realizations that your parents were just humans and just real people and you're like oh my god that that kind of is like reminds me of like a kid's version of that love fantasy but it's like a family fantasy of like 
oh, this person isn't who I projected them to be, who I wanted them to be. They are just who they are and like needing to just accept them for who they are. And it's mm -hmm. like, you know, that unconditional love. There's no conditions to my love. I love you because I want to, not because I need to. And then th that leads to the quote um, that I love from Ayanla Van Zant that just changed my life, which was when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. And it's like, because there's so many times that like, it, when you're in love, you're kind of blinded by love. And you're like, you make up all these stories about people who are like, oh no, but they're just doing this for like, it's just a, this thing right here. Or like, no, they're not really like that. And like, I know them deep down and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, but if that's not the actual factual proof that's being shown to you, mm -hmm. if they're treating you like shit, believe them. They're a shitty person treating <laughs> you like shit, you know? So it's like, I, I've taken that to heart and and that really has helped me on my journey um, is like when I meet somebody, I really, I used to do the exact same thing and I probably still do of that love fantasy now where I'm like, oh, but this, they could be so magical in our lives together and future tripping and like, oh, it's so beautiful. But then like when they show up and they're just not at all anything like that, it's like I really focus on believing who they are and who they're showing up as. Like that's the yeah. truth. This is what they're showing me. And I don't have proof of the love fantasy. I have the real stuff. So I focus on kind of grounding myself in those facts and it allows me mm. to see them who they are. And it's, it's really beautiful because the last guy I kind of dated, I really worked on that practice of like just believing who they are. Like I knew they were a good person, but also just allowing them to have the shitty parts too, because mm -hmm. it allowed them to just be human. And I was like, it kind of gave me permission to be human as well. And I was like, you know what? He's just a human. He's not perfect. I'm just a human. I'm not perfect. So like for me to put on all these perfections on him is like, talk about fucking standards to live up to. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that quote really helps me get through like those, like when I, when my love fantasy starts taking over, I'm like, nope. When they show me who they are, believe them. <laughs> Yeah, well, because I think we end up falling into the trap of we think we're defending them. We're like, oh, you know, like we're rationalizing their behavior. We're, we're minimizing red flags. But what we're doing is we're defending our love fantasy. We're defending our conditioning because we're so attached to it. And that's what, what, how we end up staying stuck, stuck in these, these cycles of attracting unhealthy men, <laughs> right? For us, right? Toxic men for us, for, for our match. Um, yeah. So, and that doesn't feel good on the other side of it. Right. Mm. So if I'm the other guy, I don't want, I don't want you to project your stuff onto me. I want you to just love me for me. Mm -hmm. I want to show up with all my mess and all my magic. And I want you to love me. Mm -hmm. And we want that for ourselves. Yet it's so hard for us to do that for others is what I've learned. Right. So I knew that that's what I wanted going after my last relationship. I had made a commitment to myself saying, okay, Michael, no more, no more changing who you are so that you're a perfect boyfriend for so-and-so so I was like okay going forward I'm going to just be me and I'm going to be my messy self mm -hmm. and I want someone to love me for me so that was my demand to my current partner and luckily he's still here thank bless his patient heart yet when it was my turn to do that for him all of a sudden I'm like oh wait a minute this is a lot harder <laughs> this is a lot harder to do because I was like oh like, let me help you change so that you're easier to love. Mm -hmm. Like, let me, let me help you so that you become more of what I want you to be instead of just letting him be him. And so that is so much 
<laughs> it's very nice to say these words, but when you're in it, oh my God, it is like excruciatingly painful because at least for me, I think I have all the answers. I think I know the best way to go. Follow me. I got this, you know, let me fix you. Yeah. Let me show you how to be. And it's not like that. It's just like, you know, one of the questions I love to ask myself, you guys know, I love powerful questions is um, how can I love you through this? Like that question has saved our relationship numerous times when one of us is being not what the other one wants us to be. It's okay. Put all my judgment aside, put all my, 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 my desire to want to fix you aside present with you. How can I love you through this? Mm -hmm. And then just, let that be the space from which you move on. I love yeah, that. I like that. I'm going to have to like make a note of that. <laughs> <laughs> Just watch it back. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, I, I totally, I, I, I'm so on board with that. And I think that's the direction I'm heading. And I think when we lead with that, we also are a bit choosier with who we bring into our life because my life, what I've done up to this point is I've my choosing mechanism has been skewed by my conditioning and I end up choosing guys that have they're not lifestyle compatible with me or energetically compatible with me and then what I've tried to do is I've tried to fit them in or I've tried to exactly like you said like change who they are so they can show up to be to be who I need them to be but it, there, there comes a point where it's like can I love them through this as a romantic partner or do I need to love them through this as a friend? Because I think for me, that's where, you know, sometimes the, the, the mess that people bring in or the baggage people bring into a relationship, it's not compatible with my mess. And I've had to make peace with that. And I have to say, you know what, we're not, we're not compatible in our lifestyle values. Therefore I can love you from a distance. And I've had to do that with three of my four partners and um, previous partners, I should say. And it's because I wasn't choosing them from, from an authentic place or from a place where I could say, yeah, I can truly unconditionally love you because some people, I just can't, un I can't unconditionally love them. I can't unconditionally love the messiness they bring. It's way too triggering for my mess. And I need to rectify things or heal things within me before I can offer them a space to be loved fully and unconditionally. So it's kind of a balance for me, I think right now in my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely resonate on the, like, I always was like, let me let me love you enough so I can fix you so that you can be perfect the best and I would always be like the best version of you but really that means it's the best version for me which is such bullshit because it's yeah. like they are the best versions of themselves and we're all where we are and it's like you said Matt just finding somebody who's like the mess matches enough that it's like yeah. oh our mess matches enough that like <laughs> we can do this and it will both grow through it but like yeah. sometimes it's like I've met guys who are beautiful and amazing and like we would love to date but like lifestyle and per like energy wise it, it doesn't work like it just doesn't work like no matter how much somebody might want to like you guys want want to force it make it work you can but at the end of the day there are certain things that just have to match up like end goal stuff that if you want to be together forever it's like you know if do you want to have kids or not like do you want to get married or not do you want to like are you going to have kids and are you going to raise them religious do you have religions like do these things play into it and it's just like sometimes the messy baggage just isn't going to match up and it's like I am a romantic at heart I love being romantic I love doing romantic things I love those sweet moments I love building all of that but if love is not this is going to sound real bad love is not enough sometimes like 
to to form a romantic relationship and to carry through people are like oh if you just love enough it's like no that is bullshit it's work and it's tough and it's messy and it's hard and you have to choose to do it every single day and you have to choose to go through it but also if it's tough and hard all of the time that's probably not healthy it should be fun and airy and light a majority of the time with a mix of those heavy moments. Um, listening to so many of Brene Brown's books, that's just where I am right now. She talks about her relationship and like, for the most part, it's a great relationship. They have good communication skills because they both worked on it. You know, they have good balancing out of energy because she can be a little bit more anxiety and he's a lot more kind of like grounded and like chilled out. And so they balance each other really well and they have mess, but it's majority of the time it's good stuff. And so if you're in a place where it's constantly messy, it's like, that means that your baggage and mess isn't matching up. doesn't mean you don't love each other. It just means that maybe it's not the best match for you to actually go through life together with, you know? Yeah. I have a great question for anyone out there, even whether you're in a relationship or not, this question is great. Why do you want to be in a relationship? It's so simple and many people will take that answer for granted, but my answer can be very different than yours. And if you don't match on that why from the jump, you're gonna see a lot of issues. For example, a lot of people will want to be in a relationship because they want to start a family. They want to build a home. They want to have a very you know um, traditional homely kind of lifestyle. Other people might want to be in a relationship like me simply to grow. Right. And so if you have that match from the from the get go, that's that's one huge step forward. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to guarantee success by any means, but asking yourself, wait, why do you want to be in a relationship? Like That's such a great question to ask someone who you are, um, you know, kind of pondering that with. And I, I actually want to know your both of your answers to that question, if you, if you want to share. <laughs> well, I can tell you that I I don't want to be in a relationship from a space of like I need it. Because I've met people who, I think that's kind of what went wrong with my second relationship is he looked at it as if I need to be with somebody to fulfill myself. And I was like, whoa, 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 no, I would like to be in a relationship because it adds value to my life, but I don't need it. And so A, first off, I need somebody who has that same mentality of like, I want to have one because I want to grow and enjoy and like the warm and cozies and cuddling and all the sex stuff that comes along with it, but that they don't need it because that comes from a lack space and that baggage and mess doesn't match up with mine. Um, but why do I want to be in a relationship specifically now at this place? Um, you know, it's, I, it feels right. Like I feel like I'm excited about the idea of getting messy with somebody else and learning about them and sharing with them and like all those romantic and cuddly feels like, to fulfill the physical aspect of things, but then also like starting to grow together and do a lot of my own learning and growing. Cause I know in a relationship, I'm not perfect. And I've done a lot of work on myself up to this point. And every time I've had a relationship, I look back on it and I go, okay, well, what did I learn here? What can I take away from this to my next one and then improve and like to the next one. And so now I'm at that space where I'm like, cool, I really want to find somebody who kind of matches up with that. And like, we want to like, really have this fun adventure together and um, just enjoy all that comes along with it. And I'm ready to mentally check into that space. Mm. Beautiful. How about you, Matt? <laughs> um, 
if you want to answer i would say like all the consistent good sex <laughs> right now because i don't know if i really want a relationship for anything else in this exact moment tomorrow might be different but i'm just feeling there's this this part of me that's becoming really sexually liberated right now and i'm wanting somebody just to celebrate that with and have really great sex i i'm super physically affectionate that's like my dominant love language i love to just be in connection with somebody so like cuddling massages sex um anything that revolves around the physical yeah you know, we're gonna get so many messages after this podcast <laughs> we're all gonna be like hi my name is so-and-so and i love to massage you yeah oh god well that's uh, the thing right so because i don't do hookups so when, when, when I think about being in a relationship and having that, um, that continuity, that's what, what really allows me to thrive because like, just, I can't even enjoy a hookup. I'm too anxious. Like I'm too like, what if I don't like his smell? What if, you know, this, what if that, like my mind's just, so I need to know that like, this person is a legit good human being before I go stick my penis anywhere or you know, yeah, it's, it's really important for me to know that. And I think a lot of guys are going to resonate with that. Cause I think even more right now, like on this planet, there's, this is shifting majorly in the, in the gay community. I can feel it. I have people messaging me constantly being like, thank you so much for like representing demisexuality and you know, what, what that means to the world and everything right now, because so many people are, they're undoing their conditioning around their only way to relate with other gay men is sex. And they're wanting to learn how to relate through intimacy and through emotional connection and it doesn't mean you have to be dem demisexual, but it just means you're slowing it down and you're letting, you're letting yourself get to know this person. You're letting yourself assimilate to their energetic field before you go and start exchanging DNA and energy. Uh, Cause that's, that's huge. If you actually know the, the anatomy of energy and how it works, when you have sex with somebody, you're, you've just completely immersed your energetic field and your DNA with this person right? It's, and that stays with you unless you're extremely good at clearing your, your field and doing this. So, you know, I'm very cautious with who I let into my, my, my sphere physically. So when I find a gooder, I like to keep them. <laughs> and that's like a safety thing too. Like when you feel that safety, you feel comfortable, you, you can like let loose a little bit more. You can like experiment a little bit more and have fun. And you aren't necessarily going to do that on a hookup. Mm, like you yeah. you might but then it's like you might have gone to the extreme where it's like that's all you do and you've locked out the emotional side of it and I, it needs to be a mix of all of the good stuff yeah i think one of the beauties of being a gay man is that or actually not a queer person in general doesn't even have to be a gay man is that queer people have pushed the boundary on what a traditional relationship looks like in so many ways for so many years and i'm very proud of that um, you know, we can have fuck buddies, friends with benefits, polyamory, and we have sort of been, queer people in general, have been at the forefront of that for, for a very long time, just pushing what it means to be in a traditional, you know, heteronormative relationship. Mm -hmm. This, this, like, I, I could count so many people that I know who have met their long-term partner through a hookup at a bathhouse, at an orgy. <laughs> Mm -hmm. On Grinder, lots of people shit on Grinder, but I know people who have met their long-term partners on Grinder mm -hmm. for all of its negativity. So that that is one of the beautiful things that I think we have is we can create these relationships. It doesn't have to be the traditional, you know, I see you over here, we go on five dates, la 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 la. There can be that, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. But what I love is that we, we can create relationships 
going cruising at the park. Like I can meet somebody at Hamlin's or at a nude beach and then, you know, grab their number. And then that, if you're open to it, that can turn into a thing. I think what I see a lot of people do and I'm guilty when I say a lot of people is I would label the way we met and then put a ceiling on what it could become. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I met you at a bathhouse. You're just some guy that we're going to have some fun. And then that, that's probably never going to see you again because I, I went in with that sort of preconceived notion. However, if you let all that go and say, whoever is in front of me, whoever he is, however we met is a human being who has potential to be something. It just opens up possibilities. And I think that's something that I wish I had known before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that because <clears throat> there's a couple things I want to say here. Cause you brought up like tradition and that kind of a thing. And I'm probably going to rub people the wrong way when I say this, but like, I don't care for tradition, especially tradition for tradition's sake, because there's traditions that are negative and like reinforce negative habitual things just because it's the way it's always been. Doesn't mean that it's right. Doesn't mean we need to do it because as you know, queer people, if we just kept up with tradition, we wouldn't be allowed to be who we are. And that's why we have so many of the battles we're going doing right now is because we are breaking the tradition. Um, and so when it comes to like the, the heteronormative storyline of like getting married and like romance and like how it's supposed to look, so many people are married to that idea of like, but it has to be like this because in my head, maybe... I see it as like a lot of them think like if I can portray as normal as possible, more people will accept me or the people in my life who I want to love me will accept me more if I play into their norms. And it took me a long time to get to a place where I don't care about those people's norms. If they don't love me for me, my authentic self, then they don't love me. And this comes back to what I said about, you know, um, unconditional love. There cannot be conditions to the love. If it is, if there's conditions, that's not love. That's conditions. I will love you only if you meet these requirements. And so I love that the queer community has broken all of those stereotypes and boundaries because it shows us that there's no right or wrong way to live. There's no right or wrong way to be in love. There's no right or wrong way to experience a relationship. If it works for you, it works for you. And I'm grateful because... I might not want to play into those normatives and had the people not gone before me and broken all those stereotypes, then like I wouldn't be in a place where I'm free to experience that. Am I saying that I want to go and jump into an open relationship? No, not necessarily, but I'm also not against it. I always try and really settle into like curiosity, especially if I push against something so strongly. I'm like, why am I pushing against it so strongly? Mm -hmm. And I used to feel like that about open relationships. I'm like, never, like, no. But the more I kind of just let go of my traditional thinking and my thought patterns of like, because it's the way it's always been or because it's the way it has to be because I want other people's acceptance, I kind of just let it go. And I was like, you know what? I'm just curious about it. Follow my curiosity. Maybe I get into one and it happens. I'm like, you know what? I don't like it. It doesn't feel good, but it's because I've done the research for myself and I've decided for myself that it's not what I want. Um, I just went on a tangent. People may or may not agree with that, but like tradition for traditional sake drives me bananas. Mm. It's, I was thinking about this in the shower this morning around fear. And I, I wanted to ask people like, how much fear do you bring into the idea of relating with other gay men? Because I think many of us bring in a ton of fear 
And something I've been grappling with and I've talked about in previous episodes is like, who am I without fear? I've been contemplating this question every day in my meditations. If I could extract fear from my experience, who, who would I be? How would I show up differently in this life? And specifically in the way that I relate to, to other gay men. And I think to your point, Callan, like people hang on to tradition for tradition's sake because of fear, because of conditioning, because this is the model that they learned. And to stray outside that model, it brings up rejection, judgment, criticism, abandonment, insecurity, all the things that we don't want to feel, right? And that's the root of fear. And I think when we can really start to contemplate what our life would look like when we let go of some of these fears and uh, play in different um different paradigms even because when we break through through our conditioning we enter a new paradigm and um we get to have a taste of what it's like and and that's deep deep heavy work though that's like that's like really really like there's a lot that goes into that to unpacking conditioning and i think um yeah and and when i think just to, to even answer it for myself like who am i without fear and I've been actually trying to phrase it in a different way too. Like, um, how does my free spirit want to show up in this life when it comes to relating with other gay men? And I'm still not quite sure, but the more and more I allow myself to, to feel into my experience without fear, it's like, I want to, I want to walk into the ice cream shop and I want to, I want to taste a bunch of flavors and I want to, um, see what feels good for me. And I want to be experimental and I want to, um, try everything once and see so I can actually legitimately say at the end of my life like yeah I tasted that flavor and it was okay I didn't like it and I can and that's how for me I'm developing a true preference you know not preference based off of my conditioning or what other people tell me is good it's like no I've tasted it and it's I prefer this or or um so that's I think that's where I'm where I'm at right now when it comes to um yeah, I keep saying the word conditioning, but it's just, it's so alive for me right now. Like it's, it's everything is revolving around this and even around race and stuff. This is also extremely alive for me right now in my, in my life too. And I think, um, I'm very, very conscientious with my swiping on Tinder. That's the only app I use. And I, I'm very conscientious with, with what happens in my experience between my heart and my mind when I'm swiping, because my mind has created story and conditioning around what Asian people represent, what black people represent, what all of them. Right. And I have my own unconscious bias and um, it's really, really crucial to be mindful of the voice inside of our head and not identify with it because the voice doesn't, we don't just get to extract it and say, Oh, I'm not, I, I don't have this anymore. It's gone. Right. Because that's, it's, it's about rooting down into your heart when you have your experience, but the mind is still going to carry forth its conditioning um, for a long period of time until it's, it's, you've spent enough time in your heart that you're no longer identifying with your mind to, to, to give you your, your sense of preference. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because within my experience, like I've, and I've said this in, in my podcast with Reno and, and Mav and, and Ed is that I, I, I do have that unconscious bias inside me that I have a preference for white men. And what I'm noticing right now is that's completely starting to shift. And I'm noticing that there's this innateness in me that I'm starting to, when I'm swiping, I'm starting to have this like almost like a neutrality in the way that I experience people. Um, and I can almost like feel their energy 
And that's what I'm doing is I'm going through my, my, my feeds and I'm kind of picking up people's energy. And then I do notice my mind will chime in and be like, Oh, well, what about this? Or would you be attracted to this or this or this? And, um, the whole preference thing starts to come alive for me again. But, um, the awareness has been so crucial to changing the conditioning. You have to be aware of the little voice that's playing out. So you can start to shift the way that you're viewing the world around you. So, yeah. A very important point. Uh, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. I think a lot of people need to hear that. I mean, our attraction is a lot of it. Mm -hmm. I'd argue most of it is socialized. What yeah. did we, what, what was attractive when we were growing up, when we were going through that really fundamental phase of, yeah. you know, adolescence in gay culture for the longest time, even today, it's mainly been that, that kind of white chiseled mm -hmm. stereotype. So I think it's really important that we question that without shaming it, right? Yeah. It without shaming it. That I love that neutral. And yeah. then kind of, I think you can learn to be attracted to people. And I've, I've seen that happen with myself where I haven't been physically attracted to somebody, but then as I get to know them, as their intellectual side stimulates me, as they provide a sense of emotional safety for me, yeah. then all of a sudden physically they become like everything that I want. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And I just, I want to acknowledge that like these kind of conversations are, they're going to be messy and, you know, nobody's going to get it right hundred percent of the time because everybody has an opinion and everybody has like a perspective of how it's supposed to look. So the most important part is being willing to show up for the conversations and say, Hey, I'm not going to get it right, but I'm going to try my best and I'm going to stand here and do it. Um, <clears throat> I don't even know what to say right now, but, <laughs> um, on the apps, like I've, I know that I definitely have learning to do and growing to do um, in regards to like having these conversations and like my preferences when it comes to relationships. I've had relationships with like, a, a, like multiple people from like, I've, one of my exes is black and Asian and I do have a mix of people in there, but then I sit and with myself and I question like, okay, what biases were in there? And do I have my own hangups? Cause we all do have hangups and like, you know, yes, I am a white man and do I skew more towards dating white men? Like two of my exes are white guys, but then I also have exes who aren't white guys. So I look in that and I'm like, okay, what was it there? And I think it goes back to what you were talking about, like the energy of somebody. It really, for me, maybe I've been lucky in that I grew up in a very multicultural city in Vancouver. The majority of my friends were Asian. So at a very young age, I was already like normalized to different cultures and normalized to finding different people attractive. And like, you know, you play doctor with friends and whatever. And like, that was all very normalized for me so that as I got older, I carried that into my adulthood. So when I was looking for sexual partners, it was very much down to the energy. Like, does this person make me feel happy and make me feel good? And like, yeah, they're super cute. Yeah. They have a great butt. And like, you know, one of my things is like, I like huskier guys. I like bulkier guys and I like tall guys. So when I saw one of the more recent people that I dated, he was like super tall, six foot eight, like kind of like rugby or like um, football player build like black guy. And I was just like, oh my God, he's so beautiful. And it was because like, there was something in his eyes and his smile that just like made me swoon. Um, and yeah, there's a lot to unpack here, I think, for myself. I feel, I think that I feel really uncomfortable and nervous now because I don't want to get it wrong. Mm -hmm. And for anybody listening out there, like that's where I'm sitting. And that's why I think I'm stumbling over my words because I know the conversations need to be had and I'm giving myself permission to get it wrong and to be messy. 
Um, but in saying that, it still makes me nervous that like, I don't want to say something wrong or say something and have it misconstrued in a way that like it, it isn't intended because, you know, people listening to the podcast, they listen to us, but they don't know us. They don't know our individual stories, like, and our groups of friends and like how we hang out and like all of that kind of it. Um, but this is a big topic. I think we should like do more panels with a mixed a mixed crowd of people so that we can have these conversations because it has come up in the gay men's brotherhood as well of like people need to have these conversations a lot more than we're having and as leaders we need to be able to hold the space for that and to like invite people onto the podcast and and make sure that we're giving that room to have those conversations yeah yeah. yeah, I think it's critical. And I think it doesn't need to be messy. I have these conversations all the time with people. I have lots of friends and I have lots of people that have heard my the podcast with, with Reno and they've reached out and we've set up Zoom calls. And like, I literally have probably one of these calls every couple of weeks with people um, of color. And it's really it's, it's really powerful because it's when you, when you handpick somebody or somebody aligns to to have the conversation with, it's actually very therapeutic and it's really beautiful. It's the conversations that the keyboard warriors that these people want to have this conversation over a keyboard on Facebook. It's like, that's not where the healing takes place. That's not where the conditioning gets unpacked. That's where you try and prove your rightness to everybody. And I think we're, we need to find the form of communication that works best to have these conversations. And it's definitely not over Facebook message or over messages or typing or anything. We need to have some face-to-face heart-to-heart connection where people can share their preferences, their unconscious biases, and not have to feel shame for them because these are things that come from systemic, like so much systems, so much systems. And I also grew up in a family system, a white family system. My dad's white. So that right there, that predisposes me to being more attracted to white men because I tend to attract people. We tend to attract people who are like our fathers, right? Um, So we, we have to really be mindful that our preferences don't always have to be rooted in prejudice and that it's okay for us, um, for me as a white man to, to prefer another white man. But in that sense, it doesn't mean that it's okay for me to fully exclude a group of people or a race of people because I have a preference over here. I can keep my my mind and my heart open to tasting the rainbow, uh, but knowing that, yeah, I do have a preference to, to white men. Um, but like I said, that's also shifting. I'm noticing that there's a shift happening within that, um, but I'm just allowing it to kind of unfold at the pace that it, that it unfolds and not holding shame for that because it's it's my truth. You know what I mean? But I'm also open to my truth changing. So, yeah. I think that when you approach it from that space of <clears throat> intention to grow, mm-hmm. going back to what I said earlier, like when you, when you approach anything with an intention to grow, it almost automatically allows safety and room for error because you can't grow without making mistakes. I can't yeah. say, okay, I want you to grow, but you're not allowed to fuck up through this. Yeah. So approaching these conversations with like, you know, the way Callan said is perfect. Like I'm going to fuck up, but guess what? That fuck up is exactly what I need. And if I can get someone or a group of people to allow me to feel safe in making that mistake or fucking up, if that's what you want to call it and hold me through that Mm -hmm. so that you don't have to put on this, like, I have to say the perfect thing and I can't say the wrong thing. That's where so much growth does happen from that space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, re- I remember we used to have this conversation, not all the time, but quite often, because when I worked for Emirates, you know, I worked with 150 plus different cultures and backgrounds. So we had everybody under the sun. 
And it's <laughs> the one thing that really brings everybody together is like everybody is always talking about relationships it doesn't matter where you're from what part of the world you're from what culture like everybody's like oh my god is this this guy's cute does he like me oh my god this girl and like we would always talk about relationships and it really grounded me in this beautiful space of like at the end of the day we're all humans going through a human experience we want to experience love. We want to be loved. We want to give love. And like, that's where the important part is at the end of the day. And we have all this previous programming. Like Matt said, we have all this old history of previous programming that we need to like now unpack, but we have to be able to create the safe spaces to do that because nobody feels safe unpacking that shit when you're being attacked. And if you're attacking somebody, don't expect them to feel like, oh my God, like I now feel safe with you to talk about this. No, if you're attacking somebody, they're going to feel unsafe and it's not going to be a productive conversation. So we have to be yeah. able to hold the space for it. Like, even if you disagree, even if you don't understand, listen for the intention of understanding, not for the intention of getting your point across or to make somebody wrong or to say what you want to say. If you're having that open and honest conversation to hold that space, you need to be able to listen with the intention of understanding, regardless if you agree or disagree, because that is not understanding. Understanding is comprehension. Agreeing or disagreeing is preference. And so those are two different things that I think people misconstrue when they try and have these conversations that they're like, if I understand this person, it means that I agree with them. And it's not if you understand them, it means you, you get what they're saying, but you can still fundamentally disagree with somebody, you know, so holding that space to be able to have these conversations, because I know for me, I, if I feel safe, I'll have the conversation. But if I don't feel safe, I won't. And when I was flying for my old company, and we would have these spaces, even though these were new people, and we didn't have, you know, we might not have known each other, we all had this understanding, like, we're all professionals. And like, this is kind of a safe space to have these conversations, because we were at work, like, we couldn't, like, <laughs> explode and like, go off on all these tangents. But it was really beautiful to be able to have these um, conversations about interracial relationships, because specifically there, like, oh, my God, everybody was dating everybody, because there were so many options to taste the rainbow. And I was and I'm grateful for my history of where I grew up and how I grew up because it was, I was open to that. And I also saw the other side of it where like specific cultures or people would only stick to themselves because it's what they knew and it's what was comfortable to them. And they weren't sure about how to have the conversations about other possibilities or they just had never been exposed to it. And I think that's what represent that's why representation is also so important in the news and media as well, because if you're not exposed to it, it has to be that 1% at a time exposure to build up that muscle of understanding and to open those doors. And it's, this is a whole larger conversation that we mm. can get into about this. Um, but when it comes to relationships, like I'm open to everybody and all the things, <laughs> if you got a great smile, kind <laughs> eyes, and I, I will, everybody's beautiful, but I do have a, a tendency to go towards solid guys. Cause I'm six foot three. Um, give me a shout. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious matt are you gonna do a little mating call as well <laughs> no but i do have um i want to i want to offer some perspective to people because i think i do end up doing a lot of work with with clients on in this one area and i think a lot of people end up focusing on limitation instead of possibility so whenever it comes to relationships we always whenever i ask people so what are you looking for in a relationship 
they will tell me all the things that they don't want. Right. And that is a huge sign of where your mind is going, like where you're, 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 how you're using the law of attraction. So I always say, focus on what you do want, focus on what you do want, not on what you don't want. Cause we already know the universe already knows what you don't want. So focus on what you do want. And um, so I wanted to open that up to you guys. What do you want? Um, and I know Michael, you're in a relationship. So what do you want out of that relationship might be the question, but I'm just curious, what, what do you guys want to attract? kindness. I can, I can answer that. Um, I want to attract someone who's on the, has the same level of commitment to growth as I do. Someone who is kind, my values, my relationship values, and this is definitely an exercise are, uh, trust, communication, and growth. So I want to attract someone who has similar values, who, When you come at it from, again, a, a place of growth, then you don't need the other person to be a certain way. You kind of let them be who they are. And I find for me, it's so much easier for me to love you when you let me be me. Mm-hmm. Um, trust for me. I mean, without trust, I don't know. I, there's no point in being in a relationship if I can't trust you. Yeah. And then the other part of it for me is communication because I love the nuances of communication. I love to talk. I love to like untangle difficult things and emotions mm-hmm. and conflict for me is like, my wheelhouse. So I like, I want to attract someone who is not necessarily has that same skill set, but like is open to expressing themselves because I think, again, there's so much more growth to happen there. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. I like that. I did all that. I second all that. (laughs) And also I know for myself, like, I feel like I need somebody who's going to help balance me out because I can be very abrasive and like upfront and I am very like boldly myself and I really I feel like I've settled into the best relationships with somebody when they are the super like more not reserved but like kind confidence like they're kind and confident and like maybe that's portrayed as a little bit quieter just because they're just like I'm just a happy person and I love everybody and like that really grounds me because that brings me back down to earth where it's just like, yep, I'm just going to give you a hug and you're going to like breathe through it. Cause I'm, I need that gentleness in like that romance area because I can be so like spiky in the other areas. Um, so looking for like that kind of great balance with the same mess to, to all go together. Mm. What about you, Matt? Yeah, that's good. Um, I would probably say a man who knows who he is and what he wants. So the opposite of me right now. <laughs> uh, no, that's not totally true. Um, I'm just confused in my, my, what, what type of relationship structure I want. But um, yeah, I think it's important because that's been a common theme in all my past relationships is the people pleasing, the inauthentic expression. And I haven't given them space to be that. So I'm very aware of that as well. And I think I'm now ready for that. So I want a man who, who knows yeah, what he, what he wants. And he doesn't hold back. He speaks his truth. That's so key. Because I'm tired of getting three months in and being like, oh, wait, I thought you were this or this or this. But no, you're not. You're actually the opposite of that. I'm like, I don't want that anymore. Mm-hmm. So. But we're afraid of speaking our truth because then the fear is if I show you who I am, you're going to leave. At least for me, right? Yeah. Like, it goes back to that question about fear. It, like imagine showing up for a relationship or even a date if you had no fear of rejection, if you had no fear of abandonment, if you had no fear of being who you are. Yeah. So it's funny you say that yet for me, I'm like, Oh no, no. I used to be like, I don't want to show you my crazy and keep that for me. And then yeah. maybe down the road, you're going to just stumble upon it by accident when it's yeah. too late. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I think it's just owning who you are. And this is a good example. So I went on a date on Saturday and um, I contemplated whether I should shave my chest or not. Cause I'm like a hairy motherfucker right now. <laughs> like my I'm bushy. And I was like, you know what? I actually kind of like it though. I'm, I like my chest hair. So I, I vetoed shaving. Cause I'm like, why am I going to change my body? So somebody else can be appeased by it when I love my chest hair. And I think it's sexy. So that that's a good example. Like just lead with who you are and what makes you feel good in this life. Don't, 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 don't trump that with what would this other person want? Or how does this other person show up in this life? Cause I'm going to try and conform to that. So they'll like me more. So maybe what I should say is I want a man who's not afraid of rejection, that he just shows up and owns himself and that's it. So yeah, maybe that's what I'm going to manifest. Yeah. Like authentic confidence, like not yeah. fake confidence, like the real authentic, like, yeah, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. Yeah. 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 Nice. I love it. Okay. We're going to end it there today because we are coming up on time. So if you love this podcast, please share it with everybody, you know, and give it a five-star rating on Apple iTunes. It helps other people discover the show. Leave us little comments. We love to read the comments from all y'all. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, give it a thumbs up, give a subscribe uh, and hit that bell. So then that way you can be reminded every time we put out these episodes, we put them out every Thursday. Now we'll either have our regular episode or we'll have a surprise bonus episodes for you. So check all of those out. And if you're not part of the Gay Men's Brotherhood Facebook group, private Facebook group, go and check that out. All this information is in the show notes for you. Have the best day ever. Peace, love, rainbows. Bye.